Alrighty, it is Patrick, it is Solid 60. We are back, it's been a little while. I had a week and a half off, so, because today is Wednesday, I'm not usually this late, but um, can I say, Sunday night, Monday, I've been doing a lot of overtime and different things, and it's just been hard to stay on track. But uh, I'll try and get back into it properly next week. As long as I have something to talk about, that's the problem with this show. It's like, what's been going on in my life? When you don't do much other than work, and uh, maybe see your kids if you're lucky. So I'm really pushing it to find something to talk about. But I did watch a couple of movies. I saw Equalizer 2 with Denzel Washington, directed by Antoine Fuqua. I think it's pretty sure it's the same guy who did Training Day with him. Not quite at the same heights, but still a good fun romp through. He went to Turkey and got all over the place. Not quite James Bond, but more like Liam Neeson slash John Wick. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Saw that with an old friend, Roni. Uh, he wasn't such a fan, but he's really hard to please. If it doesn't gel completely with what would happen in reality, he's out. For me, you know, I'm pretty easily pleased. So when it's anywhere near a good film, I'm perfectly happy with the occasional slip up. Like the final scene, showdown, shootout, which even I could tell the operators, air quotes, that he was up against weren't exactly, they weren't, they weren't really, I'm, I'm not a tactical expert. They did def definitely didn't uh, put up the best fight they could have. You know, any basic training would have seen them be a little more careful when going up against, you know, one of the scariest special ops hitmen since, I don't know, the original assassin, anyone that's, you know, like if you, that's something I joked about with him afterwards. If you had to come up with a B team to fight the Expendables, it's like a darker movie Expendable team, you know, the indie Expendables, I don't know where you would, which direction you would go with that, uh, because, you know, some of those guys are pretty dark back in the day, but they were still blockbuster dudes. I mean, obviously, their star has waned a little bit now, but, I mean, you had Schwarzenegger, Willis, Harrison Ford, uh, Joan Claude Van Damme, you had Chuck Norris, you had, you know, all the names. That Russian dude <laughs> who was bad but then became good, you know, the whole lot. Uh, so, you know, to come up with a slightly more contemporary list of guys that will just tear your head off. They tend to do movies which, yeah, there's not as many one-liners. It's like, yeah, Keanu Reeves, you would have him, the John Wick character, you would have uh, Denzel, you would have, I, I can't see him doing anything franchises, it's purely a uh, dream team. I don't think it would ever go anywhere, but I'm a, oh my god, a movie with, well they're the two I got to so far, but I'm, I would be, be easy enough to pull up a, a long list. If you have any other suggestions, get in touch yeah I've, I've placed a blanket over the mic so hopefully that muffles any of the breathing that might normally come through and it is close enough so it doesn't sound like we're in an aircraft hangar so let's and i'm shouting let's see how that goes one thing i thought we could go through other than what i did last week was good old fark.com i'm looking to put together an article it's really twice a month at this point because i think the last one i did beyond the content and going through it last week, I was like, wow, some of this news is really old. It made me realize that uh, I do need to find some time. It's, it's going to be a constant bugbear of mine. Uh, if I could put these out more often and maybe a bit shorter would ideally be where I'd want it. But um, life the way it is, without any, I'm going to need not so much income, but an income of like 
exposure. Anyone at all. I had Kevin James Pellier commenting on the last uh, article, which was good. That was a thorough review. He name-checked pretty much everything I covered. And uh, yeah, so anything like that from like more people. And I'll be like, oh my God, this is working. Uh, but for now, I'll just, I'll just plot on and get them happening. And eventually, you know, someone will get on board. Uh, so yeah, what I'm going to do now is go through fark.com. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, that name, but they did have a TV channel on YouTube at one point. So I don't know what happened to that. I remember it kept popping up with Fark TV links and must have had a bunch of kids run around and try and do skits. It never really appealed to me. I'm just all about the user-submitted content and the discussion of said content. Even the headlines are made up by the users. So it was like an early version of Reddit because once that came on and I finally stuck around long enough to get it because there is a bit of a learning curve for anyone that just turns up. I recommended it to a friend the other day and she was like, what, what, what? I don't understand. And I, as a long time user, I forgot that a few of the memes that are like solely on that site and the whole upvote, downvote thing, a lot of the cliche kind of jokes that keep getting thrown around, uh, like about the the guy with broken arms and his mum and all that sort of thing. It, it's a bit, it, it can be intimidating to someone who hasn't been there since day one. So it is worth sticking around though. If, you, if you're out there and you do want to get stuck on something that is all about content and intelligent discussion of said content, then do uh, go deep because it's not always on the front page. But for now, uh, I'll stick to fart because I do have to go through and find enough content for the next Beyond the Con. Uh, it'll be number 11, I believe. And we're nearing the end of July. So I want to have something up by, you know, end July. So I'll give it a nice little relevancy to the time that it goes up. I still haven't put out the Elon Musk story, which is getting very old now. So I really need to jump on that. He basically tried to get his submarine there and no one wanted it. Or at least the way the conditions were. I was right up to the last minute on his proverbial. And then he called one of the Thai rescue, the English, but Thai based rescuers, a pedo because the guy didn't like his submarine. The dude might've been out of order in the way he spoke, but Elon really just turned it up to 11 and had to delete all his tweets, have it call a special like stockholders meeting and yeah, Sorry guys, as his tweet went. Nonetheless, um, his actions did not justify my actions against him. And for that, I apologize to Mr. Unsworth and to the companies I represent as leader. The fault is mine and mine alone. The initial tweet he said was uh, that the dude is sus because I don't know, he's British and lives in Thailand. So automatically that means anyone living there is a pervert. Final tweet that got him in trouble was, you know what, don't bother showing the video. We'll make one of the mini sub going all the way to cave five no problem oh sorry pedo guy you really did ask for it i mean how old is this guy i'm pretty sure i discussed this in the last episode actually because i remember thinking saying something when i just edited it there was something about you know the, the reddit comments coming up with much much better uh responses to the critique the critique from this rescuer i mean you had straight off page one of of like pr textbook like this is all you need to say and you're taking the high road. And he just, I mean, he's a grenade. 
and that like Trump a little bit that's fun to watch it can be exciting it can be mean that creativity is behind it occasionally and you come up with crazy stuff like that giant tunnel to nowhere that he's building and that kind of ego means that you've got things like Tesla which is awesome but now and then it can backfire like in this case so we'll be talking about that we're talking about uh, the final Neko Nation tour so the last one is going to be apparently in 2019 that would be the final tour I don't know why that's going to be big news for Beyond the Con because it's pretty niche. It's like a really small but passionate, hardcore crew of fans that just go to every single dance party these guys do. And I, I, I don't know if they, you could say they're original, but they're the first ones I heard about that combined rave culture, anime, uh, plur, those little weird candy things that they put together. And everyone turns out, it was like cosplay at night for me it was like oh i can dress up and actually rock out all night and have a good time i haven't been to one for a while because age and career now at the moment getting up four in the morning it makes it a bit hard to go out on the weekend uh though i did manage last week like saturday night to go to a friend uh yeah i won't i won't name names too much because i do want to go into some of the stuff that happened mostly it was just meeting people I don't know how much detail to go into it. didn't go too crazy, except near at the end there, everyone kind of chilled out in the lounge room, and there was some amount of usage of something called NOS. It's like what dentists give you, the happy gas. And I did have to go home and look it up in Google and be like, how bad is this stuff? Uh, and, you know, everyone's really intelligent, and no one seemed to be like, I need more, give me more. They... They sure had a few boxes of the little bulbs that apparently you attach to some kind of uh, breaker, like a little bottle, and it sort of regulates. You can make it come through just a little bit, and that just gives you head spins, makes you feel disassociated, nice and uh, floaty. I don't know if you can compare it to being stoned, because that's the last party I went to. Uh, jets there was some some weed moving around and uh, I made made partook and it was a good time you know with a little bit of if you only have occasional use I can't see a massive problem I'm not a role model for anyone so I don't think I need to be too careful in that area I mean other than obviously not driving around stoned or anything like that or worse I certainly would never drink drive and obviously now the laws are pretty strict with any kind of drip, drug driving, which is a good thing. So, yeah, I always make sure I'm fully sober before getting behind the wheel. Um, other than that, I, I can't see any real issue with people doing whatever they want to do to themselves. And if you're an intelligent person, you can generally take a risk based on your knowledge and research and just go for it, you know, within reason. MDMA, they're talking about using it with, or as the kids call it back in the day, Molly, to treat depression. Uh, I'm not sure about it's really bad or really good, that one, the way it can go with things like acid. Joe Rogan talks about using it a lot. But basically, it's a, I think there's a psilocybin, what he calls it. I was talking about it all weekend with different people, but essentially like a hallucinogen that just rocks your world. But if you have a bad trip, you might not come back. And at last, like, acid has a ridiculously long, uh, it's, it's by far 
beyond any other drug in terms of how long the high or the trip will last. So given that the amount of work I do and the safety aspects of it, I just can't risk touching anything like it. But um, the NOS stuff, that nitrous oxide, it lasts like a minute. You know, you sit there floating around and feeling kind of, I wouldn't call it bliss, but it's just like, yeah, this is nice. And then it's gone. So it's a good thing the little bowl things are like a dollar each because, yeah, if that was expensive, I'd feel pretty ripped off. But, um, yeah, I can't see myself getting involved in a big way in anything like that. I, I like to try everything once. And, yeah, if it's around at another party one day, I might dabble. But it's I'm yet to find the one drug that I've really enjoyed in context was MDMA. And, again, <laughs> I sound like I'm 100 years old, but going to a party where you're going to be up all night just seems really unrealistic for me at the moment. And that seems like the place you would do it. I can't, you're not going to sit at home blissing out on ecstasy. You, you would, it's a chatty thing. You want to talk to people. You want to be involved. You want to be running around. It's just very, it gives you all this energy. It gives you a lot of uh, pure joy with the huge caveat that the downside of that is in a few days you'll be really, really it's taken all your serotonin and uh, you're just going to be depressed for a few days. So as long as it's, it's just like cramming in that all into one kind of night and then not having any happiness or joy for the next week. So it's a bit of a catch-22. Until they come up with a perfect way to just pump out that happiness and keep it rolling, because uh, that's what we as humans kind of strive for. Uh, as the Buddhists say, life is suffering. But that's due to the fact that to survive back in the day we needed to be constantly on alert and anxious about our survival uh, looking over our shoulder and all that sort of thing so we, basically we're built to strive for happiness but due to the way we are wired a lot of that time is spent relatively unhappy so it's a bit of a catch-22 again and I love kind of studying or listening to people smarter than me talk about that dichotomy and, and I did meet a lot of people much smarter than me at the party there was someone that might be running for politics quite soon so again I won't mention names but fascinating guy into transhumanism into putting stuff in his body that makes life easier I'm all about that too I want to eventually maybe turn this if I don't start a new podcast because I mean I can barely handle two at the moment but start a new one that basically discusses all the issues involved in transhumanism because that's the next step. Uh, gene editing, you know, if you saw Jurassic Park, the recent one, even... God, I want to pause this and look his name up. Jeff Goldblum, that's all he talks about. We've had nanotech, we've had this, we've had that, and obviously nanotech still isn't done. There's a lot more to go with uh, nanocomputers and things, but that was... The gist of it was, hey, Gene editing gene designer dinosaurs is where it's all at uh, which obviously was a little bit of hyperbole for the film but I do think he was onto something in that in terms of moving forward as a species that's going to be the next big step uh, increasing our capabilities I even something as mundane as night vision up to as far as keeping our brains constantly running at all times absorbing things like a sponge like kids these days are much smarter than kids have ever been. So generation by generation, they are 
getting you know slightly faster with all the input they have all the different media around it does uh, work with all the different media floating around and a lot more emphasis on kids studying as hard as they can to get to where they need to go right we're back it wasn't an emergency it was just rep from the brain trust brothers uh, i think they've changed the name now to brain trust is basically low dude what are we doing about the artwork because i need to change it for banana split for this i just went on uh, an app and had a few friends help out so i'm not too worried about it if i go towards a transhuman based podcast i might have to um, get a bit more creative for now i'm okay i did google the whole uh smarter kids issue so i'm going to go with that rather than any kind of muddled mess that i could come up with and it's in the australian which helps it's nice and local it's a picture of some kids looking at cupcakes i'm not sure oh that's related to that delay gratification i've heard about this on a few different podcasts all in the mind is a favorite oh speaking of that i ran into a fella i think it was alex there was two guys i ran into at this party that just blew my mind one of them was a stuntman and uh medieval enthusiast who loves jousting and it might have been him who's who, where his mother is basically the main host of all in the mind the abc podcast so i do want to look that up i i i, so I think he was someone i'm gonna to have to get in touch with him because it's been a few days and everyone will forget who's that guy that added me maybe i can just delete because a lot of people are very careful with facebook and if they lose track of who you are you're gone so i do want to stay in touch with them and uh amazing guys basically just all into the same stuff and he was happy to help out and be in any movie i might want to shoot not doing it i'm at that level yet but i did express an interest in getting into that world and he's like just shoot just get your phone get whatever you've got and start shooting and my big issue has always been well i need a story i need something to shoot i can't just i, I really want to get to the point where i've got something i believe is worth shooting first so it's that whole catch 22 that's what i'm going to have to title this episode catch 22 if i can remember i'm going to read this article no kidding a smart aleck generation children are getting smarter our sire's age was worse than our grandsires we their sons are more worthless than they so in our turn we shall give the world a progeny yet more corrupt that was the way of the world according to horace a Roman poet writing in about 20 BC. So it's over 2,000 years ago, and that, that whole attitude doesn't seem to have changed. He has no shortage of contemporary successes. Doomsayers of the past two centuries have blamed, among other things, novels, the radio, jazz, rock and roll, television, horror films, Dungeons and Dragons, video games, the internet, smartphones, and social media for the sad decline of the young. It was starting to sound like a um, music video there. What's that? We didn't start the fire. John Protzko, a psychologist at the University of California, wondered whether things might not be so gloomy as they seemed. To try to bring some rigor, he went hunting for examples of a cognitive experiment called the Marshmallow Test. First performed at Stanford in the 60s, measures how good young children are at self-control, specifically whether they can defer a small but immediate reward, such as a marshmallow, in favor of a bigger one later. It was one of the first examples of standardized psychological testing, so it gave him plenty of historical data to work with. The setup is simple. A child is taken into a room and presented with a choice of sugary snacks. A researcher explains that the child can choose his favorite treat and eat it whenever he likes. 
but if he waits 15 minutes, he can have two instead. The researcher then leaves the room. Age is the strongest predictor of successfully resisting the temptation. Among children of the same age, however, doing well on the test is associated with plenty of good things later in life, from healthy weight to longer school attendance and better exam results. Protzko examined data from 30 countries spanning the past 50 years, although the original Stanford study was not one of them. At the same time, he polled 260 experts in child cognitive development, inviting them to predict what he might find. Just over half thought the children would have become worse, perhaps thinking about a plethora of recent studies into the supposedly deleterious effects of technology. A third predicted no change. Only 16% made the correct prediction, that is, that children have become steadily and significantly better at the test over this past half century. In 1967, the average waiting time before succumbing to temptation was about three minutes. By 2017, that had risen to eight minutes, an increase of about a minute a decade. And that increase seems to be happening at all levels of ability. The most impulsive children are improving at the same rate as the most prudent. The rate of increase caught Protzko's eyes as well. That rate, a fifth of a standard deviation every decade, is about the same improvement as has been seen in IQ tests over the past 80 years. About two-thirds of a normal distribution lies within once to... You've lost me with the maths. I'll just take the word for it. The cause of this increase, which is dubbed the Flynn effect after the psychologist who brought it to the world's attention, remains mysterious. IQ is associated with the ability to delay gratification. But the correlation is far from perfect. What is clear, however, is that Horace and his successors are not only wrong, they must be, or civilization would have collapsed into the mud long ago, but that over recent years, youth has actually been improving, at least in some respects. Talking down the young seems to be a sort of human cognitive tick. He is now interested in working out why. And that's it. There's a few comments there. Ah, Flynn, an excellent scientist. Cute cupcakes aside. That's almost a um, alliterative nightmare there, tongue twister. I feel this intriguing effect must be explained by environmental factors. We are making our world more easily adaptable to us, thus freeing our children to use their adaptive capacity more creatively. Well, that could be true. This is cute. Perhaps young kids these days don't like marshmallows. They're rather unloved sugary confection. Using another one of the more plentiful array of modern sugary delights may change the whole outcome. A kinder surprise, for example. I can't tell if they're serious. And as for the statement, it's a long one. I'll just grab it randomly. Yes, but tragically, the Flynn effect is widely considered to have stopped. Today's children are not smarter than our generation. Why? Put simply, the smarter you are, the fewer kids you are likely to have. Each kid makes you wealthier. We bribe those on welfare to become baby factories by over-generous payments and freebies. Meanwhile, working and professional families pay the same tax, regardless of how many dependents they have. Each kid makes you poorer. We need to make children reduce your tax with tax splitting so families can afford the kids they want. We need to support marriage and make divorce fair so men stop avoiding marriage. Well, that guy's pretty full on. His uh, profile picture is Stalin. I wouldn't go as far as outright, but yeah, I agree in some points, but I don't, I think he's overestimating at how generous we are with working poorer families. There's that little bit of a chip on his shoulder there. He's right about the divorce thing. I'm not an expert in the subject. I haven't put mine through yet. It's just too expensive. But I, I've, I've been a long time supporter of like, I get that the wife should get something. I mean, if she's put her career on hold or not worked for 20 years because the husband's been running a business 
and he makes millions. Yeah, she should get some of that, but it just seems like the number of stories I've heard where the, the wife walks away with nearly everything, or it just, it just seems unfair um, when he's the one doing it, or vice versa. I'm not, if it was women that had to give away everything and the men would come, it would be this, it's, it's not to me about gender, it's about fairness. And I know, you know, for a long time, historically, men have had it better, but I'm all about just let's start from scratch and make it as fair as possible. Obviously, there will be institutional things that mean, okay, in some ways men are, the, the starting blocks are further ahead, so you've got to kind of account for that. But in a divorce where all else being equal, if they're both earning a similar amount of money or I just make it fair. Otherwise, it just makes it too easy for people to get upset and it puts it all back. I don't know. It's it's just then there needs to be some changing. And I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts and definitely they need to change the, the justice system. <laughs> I know weirdly more about the American one than the Australian, but... I think both could have a long, could do with a long hard look at the way they're set up. Definitely the jury system is a lot to be desired. So I'm back on FARC, I'm reading headlines, let's go. Scientists may have found one of the causes for autism, amazingly it's not vaccines. Well that's not a very clever article headline, but let's see what they're on about. To IFL Science, which is an interesting by Rosie McCall. It's been researching over the past few years. That is whatever study this is. The Journal of Immunology. They found a link between gut microbiome and neurodevelopmental condition autism using animal studies. It's not our own microbiome that affects. It's our mums. The microbiome can shape the developing brain in multiple ways. It's going to respond to an infection or injury or stress. They performed a faecal transplant on mice from the second group using the feces of mite from the first group. Changed the microflora of the second group so it more closely resembles the first. As expected, the pups from the second group went on to develop an autism-like neurodevelopmental condition. Yeah, that's the new brain. Everyone's talking about our guts uh, having a huge influence on the way we think and function, which doesn't bode well for me considering my diet is mostly fast food. But I'm still pumping away. Barely. It's just... I don't know. I'm not much of a cook the way that life is. It's easier just to go in and pick up what I can. And the options out there are great. But at least when I'm home I tend to do a little bit better because I buy those uh, pasta dishes that you can just put in the oven. and um, They're not too bad. They're smaller size meals so I'm not overindulging. And I think they have most of the five food groups in them. It's just when I'm out on the road and, and things get bad. Researchers claim aliens may have lived on the moon twice in history. Once 4 billion years ago and again 3.5 billion years ago. Yeah, I know what this is. They're talking about the time when the moon had water. So that's a bit of a sensationalist headline. Because if you click on it, I'm sure it will happen. And I saw it in a different site the other day on Reddit about it having water and uh, obviously wherever you've got water there's most likely life and the moon back in the day I don't think we were around then no we've only been around a few hundred thousand years I think 12,000 years is roughly when we started getting agriculture and things happening so there was a 
posts on Reddit the other day on Ask Reddit, which was pretty cool. If I go to my phone, I think I found some interesting comments and I actually screen capped them. Though they might have been the ones about Dan Harmon more. We'll have a look. But someone basically said, if you could go back to 12,000 BC, well, no, it was 10,000 BC. I'm just adding the extra 2,000 years we just had since the birth of Christ. I think they say um, it's not AD anymore. They've, they've gotten rid of the Christ part of it. But essentially, that's what it's based on. I would have a real hard time keeping track because obviously 10,000 BC, no one knew that it was 10,000 BC. There's no calendar to start marking off. You, had to, you would have to sit down with your stick and just start marking time. And so good luck keeping that accurate over 12, you know, 12,000 years. I'd give it a good hard crack though. I'd need warning. If I'm going to create a tribe and then a civilization and then take over the world, I'd certainly have to spend a year at least, or as long as I could, getting prepared because I'm about as useful as a tit on a bull in the wild. Yeah, I'm pretty sure these are just from the Dan, Helm, Dan Harmon controversy, which I think I'll read. I don't know which one I screen capped first, so I might read these out of order. So the other news this week was about, uh, first, Elon Musk. Then I, and I was like, all right, he's dead to me. Then it came out that uh, one of my favorite directors, James Gunn, had made a bunch of uh, dodgy tweets back in the, oh, the aughts. Something to do with rape, humour, that sort of thing. I'm not going to read the tweets. They're pretty gross. And he was just doing it to be edgy. I don't really get it. But essentially, some dark humour. Someone that doesn't like him, an outright Trump supporter who's actually been convicted of rape. Um, I can't remember his... Mike Cernovich. Yeah, that guy has been convicted of sexual assault. So he urged his supporters, somehow he still has some, to find out any dirt they could on James Gunn and they dug up these old tweets which had already been deleted but you know nothing on the internet ever really dies and uh, yeah they got out into the mainstream media and Disney promptly fired him there's been over 300,000 people since then signing a petition to have him rehired all these co-stars sorry not co-stars but the actors of Guardians of the Galaxy have come out in support uh, along with his old uh, buddies at Troma Films and a few other people like his brother uh, Michael Rooker obviously I'm not sure he would have been back for the third movie anyway but he deleted his Twitter in support as well so yeah it's been a mess and then you had the same thing happen to Dan Harmon where he'd done a skit in 09 roughly around the same time actually it must have been the year of like shitty rapey jokes but it was a skit based on Dexter instead of a serial killer killing serial killers it was a serial raper see this would have been funny someone suggested why don't you just have him figuring out who a rapist is based on his because the guy's a psychiatrist in the skit and then go outside of work hours and rape them so that you know that's the joke but instead his joke was really convoluted and i tried to explain it to a friend but it didn't make any more much more sense than it did watching it but basically I'll do my best. He's into the, the raping of the babies. It's awful. I don't, how do you even start with that and decide, yep, I'm going to follow that down the rabbit hole. But he, I guess once he sinks his teeth in, so that's the, the premise of this main character. He realizes he needs help, goes himself to another psychologist who, 
who promptly wants to attack him with a knife. But the problem is when he does that, the psychologist with the knife, right, the baby comes in. It's the same baby doll used in the first scene where the guy's like, I want to rape a baby. So he's all freaked out and the baby's freaked out and runs away crying. It's it's like the worst looking toy doll you'd ever see. I, it's just, I think they did it with about $3 and Dan Harmon looks like an overweight janitor. So at least now with the beard and everything, he has some kind of a stentorian, I don't know, he just, he looks like a completely different person. And it's not about that, it's about the content. And essentially, the joke was that another psychologist then, played by Dan Harmon as well, but with a bad wig, says, all right, the only way to kill this baby of the trauma that it has from seeing you trying to kill this guy, because you wanted to molest babies, is that you need to actually molest the baby and then it will cancel out the initial trauma from seeing the violence. So the second psychologist is like, right, okay, I'll go back to the first dude and get him to do that, which results in a really awkward scene where Dan Harmon's kind of climbing onto this like toy baby in front of the father and it's like right we've solved this problem what do we do now I've still got this desire and it creates all this pain how do I handle it and the guys and he's sort of like if only I could use my powers for good like I just did all the time and the father's like well you know there is a way and that's it I just how did that ever get off the page I had to get onto the page in the first place then get filmed and uploaded onto the channel or whatever it was it was some shitty late night comedy channel and it was just like how it's i mean i love dan Harmon, i love rick and morty but and you got to start somewhere but jesus that was a rough watch and uh i fully understand why people are getting outraged but gotta remember when it comes to humor there shouldn't really be any sacred cows for me if it was funny if they'd found a way to make it work then yeah there's no limits just do whatever you got to do as dark as you need to go for me it wasn't offensive because it was of the baby it was offensive because it wasn't funny it just came off as weird and creepy not as far as some people are claiming and oh he's a pedophile and he's advocating it or he's some kind of banner waving pedophile like uh apologist that's in no way what that thing is it's just weird and isn't that funny but it's anyway so now people are talking about he should have to do i mean he'd apologize back in the day as well but at least his boss has got behind him right it was adult swim so they've kept him on they're like yeah we didn't like that joke it was a terrible joke but that was 10 years ago and nothing to do with us so we're going to keep him on and he apologized so you know that's the way it should be and if only disney had had the balls to do the same thing given that they knew about those tweets that James Gunn had made, and they must have, he directed Sliver, he directed Tromeo and Juliet, and a lot of other really edgy, dark stuff, but it's all about imagery, and it did not look good for them, so they jumped, they just said, no, you're off the ship. So I, I don't know, I'm hoping at least if he's up for getting back into the, like, as long as someone else is going to give him a lot of money, I'll be looking forward to see anything else he gets his hands on, whether it's another comic property or he stays away from that area. Uh, no matter what he does, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. So looking forward to see what happens next. There's got to be a, a positive side to it. I'd love to see him do the Authority or Stormwatch, where it was like superheroes that were pretty much what how it would go down 
if you had superheroes in real life. That to me is by far the, my favourite comic I've ever read to this point. I think it was Brian Michael Bendis and a few others involved in that one, but it was basically just like, yeah, what would really go down if you suddenly had these guys turn up? And they were just running around. The, it wasn't just rescuing cats from trees. It was they were all over the world messing up dictators, despots, and, and living in this giant spaceship. And it was just, I can't really do any justice to it. I'll just have to, maybe I'll read some out sometime. It's amazing stuff. So now I'm going to read through these Reddit comments about the James Gunn controversy. And someone came to his support here. I can't remember who, but basically this is one of his allies. After giving it a couple of days to think over this James Gunn controversy, I've come to the conclusion that the mouse got played. Yes, Gunn's decade-old tweets were distasteful and stupid, but clearly meant to be foolishly provocative rather than taken as advocacy. The whole uproar over them was painfully ginned up by two Breitbart hatchet men. Was it Breitbart? John Nolte and Mike Cernovich, in response to Roseanne Barr's firing for her repeated hate-filled and racist tweets. I have to agree with Dave Batista on this one. Disney accepted a ridiculous apple and oranges argument and made one hell of a bad call. While comparisons kept getting made to Roseanne's firing, the thing that constantly gets left out is that it wasn't one incident or a single tweet with her. She was warned multiple times by a ABC and agreed multiple times to stay away from Twitter, only to go back and make things worse. By the time the Valerie Jarrett tweet went out, ABC had realised they had no choice to get rid of her since she was just going to continue to cause them PR problems and she couldn't be controlled. They even had considered allowing her to apologise, but she had become a clear liability that there was really no way for them to defend without later looking like fools when she said or did something worse. If we're going to compare the two scenarios, then it stands to reason James Gunn also should have gotten a warning before being immediately fired. Roseanne was given an opportunity to make things good, so why wasn't he? And that's all aside from the fact that Gunn's tweets happened years ago and he was already he'd already cleaned up his act, whereas Anne's tweets were happening while she was an employee of ABC and hurting their brand in real time. An old uh, interview with James Gunn regarding his Twitter behaviour. I felt like Guardians forced me into a much deeper way of thinking about, you know, my relationship to people. I suppose I was a very nasty guy on Twitter. There was a lot of fucking edgy, in-your-face, dirty stuff. I suddenly was working for Marvel and Disney, and that didn't seem like something I could do anymore. I thought that that would be a hindrance on my life, but the truth was it was a big, huge opening for me. I realised a lot of that stuff is a way that I push away people. When I was forced into being this, he moved his hand over his chest, I felt more fully myself. What's this? Sensitive, I guess, he said. Positive, I mean, I really do love people, and by not having jokes to make about whatever was that offensive topic of the week, that forced me into being who I really was, which is a pretty positive person. It felt like a relief. And, you know, that should be enough for me to show that he's moved on and become a better person. And, you know, looking at the movies, to me, Art Trump's... I mean, even with the Roseanne thing, sure, she was warned and uh, still broke the rules, so I can see why they came down on her. But if she was contrite enough, and she surely she came out big time being very upset about the way it had been taken and she's saying that she didn't realise that the woman was actually black, she thought she was white so the whole monkey thing was, you know, she would never have made that joke if she knew but um, I don't know, like that comment said, she was she was given plenty of warnings so it's it's not really the same thing. 
no, I'm sure one day she'll be back. Everyone has their, their chance. There's a few people that will never be back. I mean, Weinstein, Cosby, hopefully Polanski. Uh, Woody Allen keeps pumping them out, but he's, it's less, it's dodgy, but there's nothing really like solid about him. It's just a couple of allegations here and there, but I mean, Harvey, it's, it's just, Jesus. Hopefully he's dead in the water. Whereas Dan Harmon, I mean, they're there in black and white, but there's no criminal activity. It's just edgy humour that fell flat. And uh, yeah, to have that from, from over a decade ago with both of them come back and kill projects now that are amazing work and have thousands of people associated with it and moving on, like that's the other one, Kevin Spacey, they were a bit like, well, you know, the show's going to get cancelled and uh, that will mean a lot of people are out of work. But, I mean, he was a clear and present danger to other people on the set. He was physically assaulting people on the reg. So we're, we're, none of those two things are happening with these guys. So you need some nuance. You need some grey. You need to be like, yeah, they messed up. We can't ignore that. It's not black and white. Like, you're either spacey and you're bad and you're gone forever, or you're these guys, they're not as bad, so they they get off scot-free. No, you need to be able to have some accountability, but have some bloody degrees here. So that's hopefully the way it works out. And I think there's enough of an outpouring of sympathy for Gunn that he'll, he'll be rehabilitated somehow. So that's the end of that, and I'll keep you posted. I've been reading all about, I think that's where the article's mostly going to be focused on. And then I'll try and look up my new friends from the party. It was a birthday party. It was in the inner west. I don't know. Stanmore. Pe- pe- I can't really remember. Kingsgrove. That's right. So not really inner west at all. More like inner south. A beautiful house. They apparently had a pool. It was a bit dark and cold for any of that malarkey. But I just didn't want to go outside. They had cool lighting everywhere. An amazing gaming rig. Um, a craft workshop apparently every Tuesday they do like they just chill out with friends and create which sounds amazing I want to turn up one day with my power armor and just get John Scholar was there I'll put that out I mean <laughs> he he could do no wrong in my eyes just ball of energy that guy and I stayed a lot longer basically because he was there with so much positivity and hugs to give out so um, love that guy big ups to John who's in real life, like he parties hard and so it's the whole work hard, play hard. His work is, as an ambulance driver, it doesn't get much more heroic than that. For all the like craziness that might happen while out and about, it's like, I, he, in my eyes, you can do no wrong. If any, it's the only drawback is if you're not quite in the same, if you just want to go home, it's like that ain't happening. But you just have to get on board. So that's fine. I mean, roll on. So anyway, where are we? Researchers, yeah, we are right back to where I was. That was lucky. Uh, In news that will surprise no one, the Chrome browser flags the Daily Mail as not secure, full of lies and fake news. Well, that's fair enough. Pro gamer dumps his girlfriend, known as world's sexiest weather girl, because he needs more time to focus on his Call of Duty career. Jesus, is this real? I have to click on that. Well, they're not wrong about sexiest weather girl. It is on The Sun, or New York Post. Uh, It's originally published by The Sun, which, yeah, makes it a lot less believable. His uh, decision on YouTube, basically, he says, I don't have time for a girlfriend. 
needed to focus on Call of Duty and would be playing the next iteration Black Ops 4 full time while she was doing that job over there. Uh, that Mexican weather girl, yeah, I've seen those videos. Two commentators, here, this included allowing two commentators to kick her famous butt for good luck before celebrating Mexico's win over Germany. Well, that's something she did. He's, he didn't, uh, I was worried that he was advocating violence there. That's all part of some kind of stunt. She has a legion of fans. And yeah, that makes no sense to me at all. Call of Duty can be fun, but Jesus, man, priorities. Uh, I'll have to keep that out there, because that's just too hilarious not to give a bit of a share. But Jesus, is it real? Is it? I don't... I'm so confused. So, housemate is home. I'm getting self-conscious. I'll read one more. Wolf spiders outweigh wolves in the Arctic. Yeah, I'm not clicking on that. Jetpacks? Everyone loves jetpacks. Apparently, they're getting cheaper. Gotta keep an eye on that. I can't wait to, uh, I don't really need to go to work. I get in the truck, I'm an out, I'm, my work is literally out the front. Once I'm in the truck, I'm, you know, clocked on. But, uh, I still want a jetpack, come on. You're working the McDonald's drive through and you're gossiping about colleagues with their slow-looking boyfriends. Maybe turn off the microphone. Ooh, that is awkward. Scientists at the Debbie Downer Institute are asking if everyone will please stop using sulfur hexafluoride in funny videos because it's the most potent greenhouse gas that's ever been evaluated. Oh, come on guys, must be fun at parties. Killer robot developers promise not to develop killer robots to hunt you down because you've angered their AI sensibilities. Believe them before it's too late. Australia finds two new species of colourful dancing nope. Of course there is video. Now, I've got a feeling I don't want to click on that but of course I am. Uh, yep, they're spiders and they dance and they're colourful. Thankfully, the video is not loading, so I'm not going to try and fix that. I'm not a big fan of spiders. So that's it, I think, for this week. I've got to be back in just a few days, so I can uh, hopefully by then. I didn't do the running or the gym, of course, so I'm feeling pretty down about that. It's just been rough. Uh, sleep's been patchy, but I will hopefully get back into it by Monday. I will be able to report some progress. Uh, but that's all for now. Enjoy your week and have a solid 60.